Welcome to Koinonia Podcast. We exist to engage the church with edifying biblical discussion that is relevant to our local church in our world today. Let's tune in in today's episode. Well, welcome to this episode of Koinonia Podcast, and it's exciting to be gathered here once again with my friends and fellow co-laborer in the gospel, David Suarez. Hello, everyone. Hey, so nice to be back here. This we're is back. Great. Yes, we are. I feel yeah. like we took a hiatus for, yeah. for a second because of just outreach within the church and yes. going through neighborhoods and, and getting to know the community. And, yeah. But we're here. You know, if we don't have anything else to do, I mean, let's just record an episode, right? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, we don't have anything else to do. <laughs> I'm sure that's what people think. It's probably... <laughs> It's the life of a, a pastor, you know. They work yeah. one day a week. Exactly. Uh, so uh, silly. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, before actually, before we start, uh, talk about the really funny. You know, you're a pastor and you have funny pastor experiences. Yeah. Talk about the <laughs> really funny experience uh, or interesting experience. Maybe I should say interesting. Interesting. Experience. Unique. Unique. Yeah. It's a unique experience. Right. Yeah. So this morning, I I was preaching a Good Friday service at a local rescue mission here in Youngstown and. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. You know, me just kind of being thoughtful and uh, tactful with my words. You know, I, I kind of do a, a dance of, of, of a, a sermon, you mm-hmm. know, I, I start off slow and I raise intensity and, and, you know, fluctuate my voice. So, you know, I'm setting up the tone and everything. And then all of a sudden I see people moving in the, in the back of the the room and, and I'm like, oh, oh boy, what's going on? So I'm keeping my eyes up. And sure enough, I get through my first point about halfway through the sermon. And uh, yeah, I, I get this visit from the lady from back in the sound booth with a post-it note. Uh, and on that post-it note said, medical issue and sermon now. <laughs> I will be framing that post-it note in my office um, <laughs> because I don't think that that is something that's given. That's something earned. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think so. There, there is something beautiful about the, the strangeness, mm. right? I, I, I've always been really interested in strangeness, mm. right? And so the idiosyncrasies, the strange parts of pastor living and pastor work yeah. is so interesting. Yeah. Because people are weird. Yeah. And I like to see those strange interactions. The unknowns are just so yeah, funny. So, so interesting. We don't have to make this whole episode about, what do you want to call that? Unexpected moments in preaching. What's this episode going to be about today? Yeah. Well, so this episode, it's going to be a couple parts. <clears throat> so it's like a little mini-series. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a mini-series of our discussion here because we'll be talking about how one goes from a good understanding of orthodoxy, right? Big words, simply, it just means right understanding. Yeah. You know, orth, so right, straight. Uh, right understanding, uh, how we go from understanding the Bible correctly and how it can be preached correctly. And going from that to orthopraxy. Yeah. Again, ortho just means right or straight. So uh, practice, yeah. right practice. How, yeah. how we can apply these concepts from a couple thousand years ago yeah. into our lives today in, we a, know. in a smart way, in a correct way. Orthodoxy is what we know. Orthopraxy is what we do. Mm. So what we know, what we do. That's right. What's important, I think, for, for people to know is that, you know, People listening, you, you don't have to be a preacher mm-hmm. uh, or anything like that. Um, you know, this is just how we view the Bible and mm-hmm. how we use the Bible, how to think about the Bible properly. Um, and in, in turn, based on what we know, it changes what we do. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's informing not just a, a preacher, but a preacher does it. We're not necessarily tailoring this episode to preachers. It's mm-hmm. just to the average person yeah. um, who have 66 books bound in their hand. And it is God's word. Amen. So Amen. I think that this is going to be a really good beneficial episode on just instilling within the listeners minds and hearts um you know why god decided to use this literary work Mm -hmm. called the bible that's right you know and what can go wrong (laughs) if people don't do that the best yeah which is what we can talk about for part one right like what happens if people don't do that is this part one yeah we can consider this part one all right let me just set the stage for a couple different things or not even that yet the whole aspect of the Bible is that you want God to speak into the present. Mm-hmm. People desire God to speak into the present. So how do we get from the text to today? Basically, that's the end of, of why we study the Bible. We just don't want a bunch of knowledge. We don't just want mm-hmm. orthodoxy. Orthodoxy is huge. Mm-hmm. But unless orthodoxy produces orthopraxy, it's really not orthodoxy. Yeah. that you're doing. Um, and so what we what we need to look at is that contextualization, how to do that well, and some problems. So let's talk about the problems. The blunders. Mm-hmm. Yes. We all love the blunders. Yeah, they're, they're fun sometimes. And, uh, and so we've, we've read through a, a good resource uh, called Expositional or Expository Teaching mm-hmm. or Preaching. Um, it's a book out of the nine marks series and a great little golden book and um, it talks about different types of perspectives yes talks about three different types of perspectives and so impressionistic it mentions impressionistic Mm. perspectives Um, what would that perspective be maybe in your own words maybe maybe i'll i'll try to take a stab at it yeah so impressionistic seems to follow into Again, impression, right? What your personal impression might be of how this specific uh, part of the scripture goes right to our understanding today, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, impressionistic is really looking at your clearest impression. It it feels a bit relative, right? You you take this part of the scripture. So you see an interesting verse or an interesting word, and you you just just run with it. You just run with it. Like the moment you get an impression from a, a verse. Yeah. You take that impression, yep. and you give the impression mm-hmm. that that's what the whole entire you know scripture yeah. is saying. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, your impression making an impression. That's the impression. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I I like how the book talks about impression, like with painting, yes, like in, in that form of of painting, because an impressionistic artist. Uh, isn't trying to make like a true reflection of like this real life thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's basically taking what you see at a quick glance and interpreting it without anything else, any other time. And sort of in, in a way it exaggerates, Yes, <laughs> which is a danger. Yes. Um, and it also ignores. So it's, if if the line of scripture, if the canon of scripture, you know, a measuring mm. stick, if that is to be held in orthodoxy, 
So if you're adding to it, exaggerating or ignoring parts you're removing from it, your orthopraxy is going to be flawed. Yes. It's going to be distorted. So if you're trying to read the Bible rightly and you're ignoring mm. who the audience is, who the author is, uh, conceptions, perceptions of of the original audience, it's it's completely making a whole new impression, and that is is winning the day in um, in how you understand it. Yeah, it's dangerous. Actually, it's, it's pretty. It dangerous. is dangerous. I think yeah. that might be how cults start. <laughs> yes, they are. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and you know. In a certain sense, besides the cult leaders who do this, and I think that Jude is very clear in the Bible about uh, the judgment present there, because uh, they're knowingly leading people astray. In, in the case of a lot of adherents, or even just everyday Christians, who don't know any better, yeah, they, they inadvertently fall into this type of impressionistic perspective of Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. I see this one verse in Jeremiah, and therefore I know that the plans God has for me specifically uh, are yeah. always to prosper, always yeah. to have money, always to mm-hmm. whatever prosper means to me. So it's not just impression of this one verse ripped out of context, but then also an impression of the impression, like what mm-hmm. does prosper and fortune mean to me? Right? Oh, okay. So yeah. I feel bad for a lot of people because uh, unknowingly, unwitting, unwittingly, they'll see this style from maybe their preacher or if they are in more of like a cult background from this cult leader and say, oh, that's how I understand not just the scripture, but reality. Mm-hmm. My quick, rapid impression, no need to think about the context. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's, uh, it's really Bible reading w- without a leash. Um, it's without any bounds of, of the Holy Spirit working. You mm-hmm. become the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, become the authority of the word another another perspective um issue is is what what the book actually talks about inebriated (laughs) (laughs) inebriated perspectives and and or drunk perspectives and it's used in a way that how a drunk guy uses a lamppost he uses it for support rather than illumination Mm -hmm. like a guy with a lamppost yeah and it's so true um just as a drunken man leans upon a lamppost for support, not illumination. Um, sometimes people want to search scripture because they're looking for something to support their agenda. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's Money. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe uh, some people do it to get tattoos or mm-hmm. get piercings and, and things like that to justify it. So you come into the Bible with an agenda um, so, you're going to find anything you can yeah. to uphold that, right? Even if it's just a word. Mind you, like, inebriated perspective, because just as a drunk man cares not what thing supports him as long as he doesn't fall over, Yeah. so is it with inebriated perspective, inebriated reading and preaching, uh, mm-hmm. and just understanding the Bible. You'll take literally anything. Yeah. Uh, you're looking for something about... Holidays. Maybe you don't like holidays. You think they're pagan or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll look for literally anything that says the word pagan and look for anything that kind of looks like a modern holiday we have. Oh, okay. Yeah. And be like, you know what? Now I know that God does not want us to participate in yeah. this holiday. Or just look for a word, you know, the word mm-hmm. tongue. You find the word tongue yeah. in one part of the Bible and, you're, and you say, you know what? Yeah. This is talking about what I want it to talk about. Yeah. Right? 
um, which a lot of pastors do and a lot of people still accidentally fall into. Uh Even well-meaning people will find one word and be like, oh, (laughs) that supports me 100%. One word. One word. Yeah. Yep. That's too bad. That's certainly true. And, um, And the danger of that is that if we're... If we're using the Bible, and just because we find a concept or a word in the Bible doesn't mean that that is the message of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can't justify the agenda of the Holy Spirit because it's a word found in the Bible mm-hmm. and ignore the context completely. Because in that, you're just studying a word. You're not studying a message. Yes. You're creating the message and you're baptizing your thoughts and calling it inspired. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You are the sanctifier of your own thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a dangerous, dangerous path to, to go down, uh, to ignore that. Um, another perspective like that is, uh, spiritual perspectives. And Mm. that's the, that kind of, I, I think, ignores not only the authority of God's Word, but even the literary work yes. of the Bible. So if, think about it, if God has inspired the words of the Holy Spirit, God has chosen the form of literary device mm-hmm. to communicate and to reveal himself. It's special revelation. Mm-hmm. And, and in that, we find everything pointing to Jesus Christ and so if we ignore a literary work on behalf of this spiritual um, thought process of thinking, praying, not saying those things are bad, but uh, overemphasizing this unknown mystical mm-hmm. way of, of looking into the Bible rather than actually subjecting ourselves to the authority of, of the word and allowing our prayers to derive from that subjection and our submitting to the word. Yes. Because when we, when we allow ourselves to govern uh, whatever the Bible says and whatever moves us in our own private time, oh man, this, this verse just hit me yeah. and I, could, I had to stop reading. Yeah, that happens to me a lot Same. in context mm-hmm. of the whole. Yes. I'm not, I don't. I don't just kind of go through and play magical Bible page and point down, and I'm just like, "Ooh, that's the word for today." <laughs> um, and it's 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 not uh, because it could be Satan's word to Jesus uh, when he was tempted for forty days. Yes, you yeah. know where he was saying some pretty good things, and if you do that, yeah, that's going to sound pretty appealing. But it's going to be the words of Satan, not the <laughs> words of God. That's right. So it's it's like we can really find ourselves in danger, I would say, of becoming the final authority of what the Bible says mm-hmm. when we lean on our spiritual perspective of the Word. Yeah. Plus, also, there is this danger for just, you know, your average Bible reader, right? You're, you're a Christian who's trying to understand the Scripture. Yeah. Uh, and I know this personally in, in the way um, some of my friends, even uh, back in college, right, uh, would understand Scripture. If you are surrounded by preachers or you yourself practice like spiritual perspective reading of the bible where you know you're not really looking at like his history historical moments real moments but instead everything is kind of just like a spiritual message being delivered mm-hmm. uh based on what you feel from the reading and this is different from impressionistic uh, a bit if you if everything's just spiritual like there's just mm-hmm. a message 
then you isolate from the historical context. So then people will grow up in, in uh, churches where there's so much of a spiritual perspective that most of these people assume growing up, oh, you know, it's just stories. Mm. Yeah, and they and when they say stories, they mean in the same way that it's like it's a moral. It's just a good moral that we can get out of gotcha. it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when people hear that, there's like the, the crucifixion is a historical event. Praise be to God that this is the day that we can remember that moment mm-hmm. of a real, actual historical event, an event where if you were there and you felt the cross, you would get splinters. That's how real this event is. Mm-hmm. If Instead, you think it's just a story, yeah. a moral story. Then you miss out on the fundamental truth that is separate from everything else in every other religion, mm-hmm. which is that Christianity speaks of a historical reality, a real cross with real splinters, yeah. real blood on yeah. real ground. And so spiritual perspective in the long term can be really dangerous, mm-hmm. really, really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, it can lead a lot of people astray, and it, can, it really sounds good, too. It does. I think yeah. in, in our culture of just uh, really being attracted to, to things, how they're, they sound and how they feel, and um, subjectivism, mm-hmm. to be subjective uh, is, is a dangerous place to be when you're ignoring context. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very dangerous. And so I think that these... These episodes are, are intended in this mini-series, as we're kind of setting it up, mm-hmm. is to really connect ourselves of restraint yes. before we run and say, this is what this says, and this is what it means. We're literally running mm-hmm. back into history, real history, into the original audience, seeing the situations around, because we're asking what does this passage mean to the original audience? Mm-hmm. It's a literary work. It had a reason to be written. The Holy Spirit, according to the Word, yes. inspired it. So what's the author's aim? Mm-hmm. What's the main point? What's the so what of the passage? It sounds kind of tedious when you are when you think about it, um, but... The Holy Spirit desires to communicate to us. God yes. has written His Holy Word to us. Mm. Who are we to say we want we want it our way? Like God wants us to discover Him, to seek Him out, mm-hmm. uh, Amen. to know the one true God. And if that's laborious to people, that's a heart issue. Yeah, it's it is a joy to submit to the Holy Spirit, right? It is a joy to be able to be led by God himself as mm-hmm. he leads us to know his word. Yeah. Right? I mean, most of the world is filled with matters which we cannot understand, which are mm-hmm. too complex, too confusing, with teachers and groups that don't actually want to explain their own message. Mm-hmm. That is the nature of the world, mm-hmm. and that is the nature of flesh. But with God, he actually makes a perfect word. Mm-hmm. guides us by the Holy Spirit himself mm-hmm. to lead us to understand it. Mm-hmm. And if we would submit to his perfect wisdom, mm-hmm. we would understand and be conformed to the image of uh, of Christ more mm-hmm. fully. And, and so it is important to see it not as tedium, mm-hmm. but as a gift, mm-hmm. a wonderful gift, yeah. uh, a gracious gift. 
So what would what would you say if I was kind of advocating for people who are saying, "Well, you guys are are book book guys. You guys aren't spirit guys." I can see this so clearly that you are a bookworm. You're not a spirit-led person because you're all stuck in your theology. What how would you how would you say that that is actually um incorrect and completely negating the work of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, yeah, that is anthropology antithetical to the scripture exactly yeah so i would say because i i would say to this person first of all i understand why you would come to that conclusion Mm -hmm. i'll say it as lovingly as i can because this person probably just you know has been influenced by evangelical culture rather than actually like biblical learning Mm -hmm. right and evangelical culture there's just these christianese christianisms you hear Mm -hmm. right like oh that's pharisaical that's legalistic but they don't really know what these terms mean I would say, okay, if the Holy Spirit himself has inspired the Scripture, and there is none more spiritual than the Holy Spirit, because he is the Holy Spirit, then I would say he is is who he is. He always has been who who he is, you know? So I I would say, if I desire to be conformed to the image of Christ, which is a wonderful thing that the Holy Spirit himself does, I should rely on what the Holy Spirit says, Mm -hmm. and what has the Holy Spirit desired that I read? The scripture, mm-hmm. which is inspired by him, yeah. So it is not, it it is not Pharisaical to desire to know the scripture. Yeah. The issue with the Pharisees, just to be very clear about this, the issue with the Pharisees was not their reliance on scripture. As yep. a matter of fact, it's the reason that the Pharisees were the one group that was compared to this, like you know, the Sanhedrin and everybody else. Mm-hmm. The the Pharisees at the very and the Sadduc- Sadducees were also way off, way yeah. off. The okay. Pharisees at least believed in the Old Testament with its prophets and yep. the Torah. Yeah, they just also added a bunch of traditions outside of the Scripture. Yeah, they added traditions of man, added these new ways of interpreting and new ways of upholding their type of righteousness. Yeah, that was the issue. Yeah, that that they said Jesus was not upholding their tradition. So you would reject any notion that somebody would who's calling and accusing you of being pharisaical of saying actually you're not adding to you're trying to recover yes. and reclaim the message of God's word as yes. it's intended to be communicated. Exactly, you're not adding to it. And I'm actually, to simplify the, it. The people who are adding all this spiritual <laughs> emphasis. In turn, are the Pharisees. That is so Isn't that well interesting? said. Yeah, that is actually quite a... That's a very Proverbs kind of uh, yeah. you know, self-refutation, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's um, very interesting. So, yeah, no, ex- exactly as you said. I, I understand where this is coming from. Everyone who's listening, I get it. <laughs> I know where this is coming from. Yeah. But if we read the Scripture then we'll understand why it's important to see these things as true. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if God did not desire that we read and know his word, if God did not desire that we read and know his scripture, that we understand it, pray on it, meditate on it day and night, then why give us the scripture? Yeah. What, what is the point? That's a whole reason we're going through these episodes. Exactly. Is to say, like, we have a gift to us, and let's 
handle it well. Mm-hmm. Let's not exaggerate to it and be Pharisees. Let's not remove from it and be still Sadducees. be Sadducees, <laughs> which is sad. Yeah. You see, you know, the Sadducees. <laughs> I got to add the That's little good. Sunday school joke. That was good. Um, this is this is biblical. This is being biblical, and to be people of the book is to be people of the Spirit. Yes. To be people of the Spirit is to be people of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy Spirit that indwelled us will find agreement in our conscience, which God has given to us. Amen. Um, the Holy Spirit within us will agree with the Holy Spirit inspired message within the word there will be an agreement there Mm -hmm. and when there's agreement i mean it's powerful it's a powerful orthopraxy that's developed through that and not just cherry picking not playing uh magical bible page you know words of verses of the day and messages for the day it's it's literally just recovering like an archaeological site like just Mm -hmm looking to know God, who he is, and what he desires to speak. And when you do that well, I think our lives will radically be transformed. Churches, I mean, people are hooting and hollering um, in our day of wanting revival and all of these things. And it's not going to come just by through singing and everything like that. Revival of the past has come through this recovery of the word. You look in Ezra, you know, after he prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to meditate on and to do it, he taught, like, all of this was, like, through the recovery of the word. You want to see revival? You better have your Bible open. That's right. Not just the hymnal, but the Bible Mm -hmm. being open. Amen. It's not the spiritual experience. It's it's literally, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because, man... I desire revival, and there's nobody, nobody who desires revival more than people who desire to seek God through His Word. Mm-hmm. So that's right. Mm. Um, let's just end the episode here at at this point, and we can uh, get into a couple other topics as we go go in. But that's, that's right. all the time we have for today. Okay, right we're, on. We're running out. I mean, people are going to be are. like, "Come on, wrap it up." <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I bet. I bet. So. Um, But thanks for joining us today, Uh, but we'll call this episode to a close. Mm -hmm. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of Steel Valley Church. For more information on how to participate, visit our website at steelvalleychurch.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.